Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky. Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess. Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere playing at luckylandslots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18+. Plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome to another edition of the Zero Ducks Daily with me, Daniel Norcross, and Toby Tarrant and Stephen Finn, who aren't here. Of course they're not here. They're just milking themselves off my hard labour, as per usual, sunning themselves on a beach in Barbados, no doubt, or hanging around the raffia stalls and wicker basket makers of some artisanal town in the south of Spain, like Tarifa, for example. I don't know. I don't know where they are. That's the simple thing. I don't know where they are. But I've got... Um, not, more, more than adequate doesn't do it justice. I've got a vastly superior alternative in the form of legendary New Zealand former captain Jeremy Coney as we discuss the third and probably final day of this test match before all the rains come and Australia are confirmed as Ashes retainers with their lily-livered, cowardly, un-Australian approach of praying for rain. But it's been another great day. For England, I'm going to get a couple of things out of the way before we bring Jeremy in because they're all numbery type things that some of you like, I do, and some of you don't. But they're in my head right now and Andrew Sampson's not far away, so I might as well get them out of the way now. England's fastest 500 score in an Ashes Test match. Probably the fastest in any Ashes Test, but Andrew couldn't be bothered to double-check that. Johnny Bairstow with 99 not out, only the third Englishman to get 99s twice. 99 not, 99 not out, I beg your pardon. One of them being Jeffrey Boycott, one of them being Alex Tudor. And the first man in the history of Test cricket to get 99 on the same ground twice. Yeah, Johnny, you're a record breaker. It was great to see. England went off at a rattling old pace. And um, then they took a bunch of wickets at the back end, but not enough to force the extra half hour. They didn't declare early enough to finish the game today. They didn't go quite fast enough either. And it's a hard thing to be critical when they've scored the fastest 500 in the history of the Ashes. But I'm not going to be critical. It's been marvellous to watch. It's been marvellous to watch Australia down in the dirt like the cowardly dingoes that they are, hiding from, hiding from their masters in their caves. 
or um, maybe they just knew it was going to rain all along and they've played this quite sensibly. I don't know. It didn't really look like that. Jeremy Coney, what did you make of today's play? Goodness. Look, I think they started with a lead of somewhere about 70, didn't they? And then Stokes attacked wildly, as we expected. Uh, he was finally, I think, bowled from, by Cummins. Cummins has had a few problems, hasn't he, recently? I think uh, since that six for 90 that he got at Headingley in the first innings, he's got something like two for 180, you know, going at five runs at least and over, which is most uncomings like. Now, whether the English have decided to just attack him and sort of take him down and with him his side, I don't know, but that's, that, those are the figures. And as you well know, figures do not lie. And you have an interest in them, don't you, Daniel? You do. So Stokes went. Brook continued uh, where Stokes uh, had left off, and he got a 60, I think, before he was sort of caught from the bowling of Hazelwood right on the boundary. Crowd thought it, Stark had stepped over the line. Uh, but no, the villain hadn't. He was just inside the shadow of the little triangular thing around the rope, whatever they call it. And then finally, Bearstow. Bearstow then took over from Brooks. It was a wonderful thing. They just passed the baton, one to the other. And Brook, uh, Brook had gone, Bearstow took over, and then he started to really hit the ball well. Probably better than the other two, actually. And there was that wonderful period. Wokes went quickly. First ball, and we were actually on a hat-trick, if you remember. You were excited there. Um, and then uh, it, was, it was, came down to Bearstow and Anderson, actually. Broad got out, uh, hitting one straight up in the air. And, and then finally, a wonderful partnership between Anderson. Great reception for Anderson, and maybe and possibly his last time out in front of his own crowd at his own ground. Is it his own ground? Who knows? It's a very small sign at the far end. And, and they had a great partnership, didn't they? I don't know. How, what was that worth? Uh, what was that worth, Andrew? Can you remember off the top of your head? 66. Six, 66, he thinks. Well, no, yeah, we, we trust him. He's the finest statistician in the world. It was a great, great partnership. But my question to you, though, is was it too long? And the reason why... I posit this is I totally get that England with a lead of 275 yes. in normal circumstances when you know that there's time left in the game you get as many runs as you can in the first innings why would you declare but if you know and we do know with pretty much certainty that tomorrow is going to be washed out and that even Sunday is looking quite bleak I mean the forecasts can change slightly because you get in the fag end of that uh, of that front so they may get a bit lucky may blow through a bit quicker than they expect but that means you don't really need 275. You, you might only need, like, 220. Mm. Because I don't know if there's going to be enough time left in the game for Australia to get up to 275 in the second innings, which means that those runs are sort of unnecessary. And had England been bowling just that little bit earlier, they might have been able to squeeze themselves to a point where they'd taken the seven wickets before the close of play that would have allowed them the extra half hour. Whereas now Australia come back, and if there's only two or three hours play possible. England can't get a, a second new ball for a start. That's, that's one factor. Um, and Australia are emboldened by that. They've got a nice long batting lineup because they've come in as the brazen cowards they are with as many batters as they can possibly muster uh, in an attempt 
in an attempt to, to staunch the flow of wickets that's been caused by the introduction of the noble Wokes and Wood, yes. who have only just become available for England, while Australia... Two Ws. Yeah, well, yes. two Ws, exactly. The, the Worrell and Walcott, if you will, with the ball of, of uh, English cricket. Mm. So I don't know. I mean, it didn't feel that basketball-y. We sort of thought that Stokes would go hell for leather and then try and get Australia in probably straight after lunch there by not wasting, you know, losing a couple of overs of the yeah. changeover, but it didn't work out that way. I thought at lunchtime they were 190 ahead, something like that. So there was a chance if they were going to bat after, then they had to do it quite quickly. I think they were stifled a little bit, weren't they, at that stage? And and I, it took them some time to really get that Bairstow and, and well, Bairstow really, and Anderson sort of just sort of played along in his slipstream. But, but yeah, it, it went on maybe a little bit too long. I tend to agree with you. Whether they were going to declare immediately at lunch, we don't really know. Your whole argument is basically that it's premised and decided upon how long it's going to rain. Do we know that? We don't know. <laughs> we never know. But the thing about fronts as opposed to showers, as I keep on trying to remind people who, who don't and come me. to England very much, yes, yes and you, yeah. is that, that fronts are great big rain-bearing splodges and they come and they do not, they do not lie. Showers, on the other hand, can pop up here, there, or, or indeed anywhere, which is why, you know, we've been quite lucky on occasion. There were showers forecast for the first few days in the original forecast. They didn't quite materialise. We had a tiny break for rain today. But um, fronts are a different matter. I don't like fronts. Now, a couple of other things before we go. The introduction of pace has been, not surprisingly, but incredibly effective. Um, wood on this surface his different gravy. He's taken three for 17. He did for Kawaja, who's the most calm-looking batter that Australia possess. Still at the crease. Always looks like he's got time. Plays it late. Suddenly, he plays slightly rushed shots. He has done to Wood a few times now when he was bowled at Headingley, reaching out for the ball, for example. That spectacular moment today, edging one behind. Um, it did for Smith. A very fine player indeed. It was an innocuous-looking ball on ball tracking, but... The pace of Wood meant that it just came at him and earlier than he thought, got a little glove through to Bairstow behind the stumps. And then again, the snorter to get rid of head. So, you know, that is the point of difference that England have currently got in this bizarro world in which England are going hard and they have the fastest bowler. He has made the major change in this series when you look back to the way he played at Headingley, cleaning out the tail, getting that very 24, that 24 off eight balls that he faced and then got uh, Stokes going as well, getting runs in the second innings. And, and here he has... Pace does funny things to batsmen. You've just described the way that he was able to move... Kawaja out of that sort of serene and serenity and calmness that he normally bats with to p poke at a wide one. Um, Smith, who was an unusual stroke that he played, and then finally Head coming over the, around the wicket this time, hitting his gloves as well. I do wonder if he should have been used straight after tea because those wickets might have fallen and then, in fact, we might have had that extra time to do exactly what you were proposing uh, if they had declared earlier. So that's another possibility isn't it? Um, but yes, it, he has made a vast change to the way that Australia have looked at the crease. Um, just a quick word on the pitch. It's not really, it's not as quick as Headingley. It's a little bit slower than the first two, but it's still not quite got that carry that's helping someone like James Anderson. And you alluded to it maybe being his last test. 
at Old Trafford. Part of that is because he hasn't really looked like taking wickets, but he hasn't gone for any runs. He's quite unfortunate today, I thought. Yeah, he's been very economic, hasn't he? And in the first innings, he did a really good job because he was able to close Australia down when they were starting to open out and and look a bit more comfortable. So they suppressed the run rate. If you remember the very first session of the match, they were going at about four and a half runs and over, I think. They were over 100 runs, with Smith going well in particular. But he was able to come in at one end and close them down. He's been a bit unlucky, hasn't he, as well, I think, um, going past the edge of the bat hasn't swung for him much it's been mainly more seam I think here today hasn't been the pace that he would quite have liked um, it's been a bit unfortunate for really for, for Anderson I feel I mean and and uh, will he get the next test well who knows that's for some time in the future to consider uh, we're going to sign off with a couple of thoughts he did play the shot of the day for me the mad pull that sent the crowd into raptures when he ran away and whacked it through uh, square leg, nearly taking out the umpire. Mm. And, um, and lastly, uh, we went on a pub crawl with Bumble last night. What was your highlight? I think going into the lavatories, yeah. which have now become a pub. Mm. And we went down and it's called the Something, the something Convenience. The Temple? The temple the, the, yes, the Temple of Convenience. Yeah. Wonderful. And uh, except it was, it was just lovely. It was very dark, mm. I'd have to say. But, but a wonderful sort of atmosphere. A lovely pub. Bumble did it beautifully, didn't he? To, we're only allowed one drink at each place and off we were walkers then. We were travellers. We were travellers. We, uh, yeah. we were travellers and we travelled well. It was mm. great fun. Uh, tomorrow I'll be getting you uh, Thomas Schaffernacker, to, uh, the, the famous weatherman, to discuss rain in, in all of its forms, I fancy, which is a bit of a shame. Uh, and it could be that that rain has come to save the mountebanks and curs from the Antipodes from their rightful fate. They're slippery buggers, that lot. Until tomorrow, from Jeremy Coney, from Daniel Norcross, and in the background, from Andrew Sampson, and to you, Stephen Finn and Toby Tarrant. Yeah, get the cheque in the post. Goodbye. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChumbaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at chumpacasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Sports Social Podcast Network.